the Advanced Relationship Podcast. I am here today with Bryce. Yes, just fresh back from Lake Tahoe. It was gorgeous. Took the weekend off. No work, no nothing. Just fun. Oh, it was so fun to paddle around in those emerald blue crystal clear coves. The water was just, oh, it was so refreshing. Yeah, a little cold, but it was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a really, really nice time. So hope all of you are having a good week. And... Yeah, and a good end to your summer as we wind down. First day of September as we record this. Oh, yeah, it is. It's the first day of September. So we're excited to be here with all of you today. And we're going to be revisiting the five core differences that have come from Brett Atkinson's work in the Couples Clinic. And today, Bryce and I are going to talk about how can you practice integrating differences. So we're going to give you a couple of exercises that you can use to practice integrating differences in your relationship to yourself and or in your relationship to your partner. Before we do that, we don't really have any announcements today. Nope. The only thing that's popping up for me is if you want more personalized relationship support, go to advancedrelationshipacademy.com and there you can find out how to get access to Bryce and what he does, get access to me and what I do, and how to set up a session with, with one or both of us if you're interested in diving in deeper. You could set up a session individually or together with someone else. Yep. Cool. So today we're going to start with a practice that Bryce wanted to bring in, and I just loved this, Bryce, and you brought up the idea. So do you want to talk about this practice and how people can use it to integrate differences? Sure. So one exercise that I use quite a bit, and there's different variations here, different ways to do this, but in its simplest form, it's basically looking for the benefits to whatever's happening in your life or the judgments you have of someone else. Because the idea is that if you're feeling really negative about something, there's an imbalance there. You're putting yourself above this person or this way of being and looking down on it. You'll feel better than you'll feel judgment towards. And that really creates a negative frequency in you when you're doing that. So one way to balance that out is to completely shift the framing and look at what the benefits are to whatever's happening in your life, whatever judgments you have, whatever this person is bringing into your life, where they're triggering you, etc. Mm-hmm. Would I you add that. anything to that? This is such an intense practice, but it's so huge. I really think me being able to do that practice, me being able to look at the benefits of something that I had seen as a negative in my life, I think that was a part of what brought me to you, Bryce. I took time and I came up with 50 benefits of not having been committed to in my life by partners that I was interested in. I just felt like this really helped me to see what the benefits of that experience had been and helped me to see how I could bring those benefits into a world where a man I cared about was committing to me. So it's a really beautiful way to start to integrate those things. Yeah, I'm curious what were some of the top ones you came up with or maybe ones that you didn't see in the beginning. One of the benefits of not being committed to was that I really learned how to form my own opinions mm-hmm. about things. Yeah. So that was a big one that came up for me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'll notice like when we get into struggle, that's often a, a quality I need to go back to coming back into my own skin and being able to see what is my desire here? What is my opinion here? What, what is my need here aside from Bryce? Cause his might be different. But what is mine and how do I bring those to the table so that he and I can be a couple so that we can be in relationship? Because when I start to lose my sense of self in that way, 
it just starts to feel like the commitment feels less safe to me. Right. And I'm also thinking if you weren't able to do that, you could be acting out of a place of desperation. Like it's all bad that I'm single. It's all bad that people don't commit to me. And so the desperation can build, the anxiety, the energy can build. And so then you're rolling into a relationship like, I need this to happen. Is that fair? Oh, that's exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really connects some with this independence first versus togetherness first piece, which we'll dive into and give some examples on. Yeah. Because being single is a lot about being independent and having to learn that way of being, where being in relationship is a lot about togetherness and obviously the the goal is to be able to integrate these two sides and to trust that you can build and continue to grow both of these polarities right yeah Mm -hmm. and you notice that i use the word balance instead of replace so it's not that we're taking a negative and ignoring it and then trying to replace it with a positive it's balancing so you think about whatever struggles you have in your life in your relationship right now whatever you have in your past If you're looking at that through a negative lens, like this is all bad, this is what's weighing me down, this is why I can't get what I want, you're going to look at other negative things through that lens as well, and you're going to try to avoid them, but they're going to come in anyways, and it's going to keep fueling this idea that you need to avoid the bad and only go to the positive, but life doesn't work like that. You're going to have problems and obstacles come into your field, and so... The idea here is that you start to learn how to welcome them in. And one of the ways that you do that is that you look for opportunities and benefits to these struggles that you're experiencing in your relationship, in your life. And we've all gone through extremely difficult things in our life. I know this to be a fact. The more that I talk with people, it's amazing what we're able to overcome and what we've been through in our life. Yeah, and what we can learn from it, like you said, what positives can come out of those kinds of struggles. Right. And it takes work because we have this negativity bias that continues to loop. So it really does take a lot of cognitive work to sit down and shift our focus and our perspective to what are the benefits, what are the opportunities here, even the openness to like, what might I not be understanding about this right now? So this is what we're going to talk about today. Yep. So we're going to give you guys a way to look at these differences that we've talked about over the last five episodes and how to use a practice to begin the process of integration so that you don't have to polarize so deeply with your partner or so that when you do polarize, there's a way back into the middle. So we're going to use this practice of coming up with the benefits in order to bring you into the middle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So should we dive in and go through them? Yeah, let's run through them real quick first, the differences. So we have independence first versus togetherness first. Then we have future first versus live for the moment first. And then we have predictability first versus spontaneity first. Then readily upset first versus slow to upset first. And then problem solving first versus understanding first. Yep. And let's break them down. Awesome. So I want to start with independence first. So these people are probably people that grew up with a lot of emphasis on just getting it done, doing it on your own. So if you're judging this type of person, Jen, what are the benefits to going independence first? So independence first is a lot about how to live out your own independent desires, how to create and live out your mission in the world, how to show up and enjoy the things you want to enjoy. So I think independence first really allows for 
this opportunity to connect to yourself and live out your mission. Right, yeah, I like that. Being able to make a decision on your own and go for it can allow you to go faster. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's really necessary to not have to consult your partner or someone else and just go for it. Oh, that's so, so true. Yes. And I think it builds the more that someone does that and really flexes that muscle, the more that they build trust in themselves. I agree. Okay, so those are some benefits. Yep. Yeah. And then let's let's flip over to someone who's more togetherness first. Yeah. That's where they go. What are the benefits? So this is going to be more relationship oriented. I actually had a friend I was speaking to over the last couple of days and she said, I feel like I'm a different person during the day when I'm at work and I'm go, go, going, do, do, doing. I want to just focus on me and what I want to get done. And then at night, I feel more connected to the man I'm dating. Both of those are good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you see them as a split and like it's a problem. So I think togetherness first is going to be more relational oriented. It's going to be a slower energy generally because you're going to need to not just know what are my desires, but what are my partner's desires and how do we find activities or interact in ways that feel good to both of us, not just me. It really gives you the opportunity to practice attuning to other people outside of yourself and it gives you a chance to even like stretch yourself. So, for example, Bryce might come do things with me that he would never do on his own. So I think that's one of the benefits of togetherness first is that both people get a chance to stretch themselves, go outside their comfort zones a bit, learn about another person. And I think together you can do more. So, for example, I can only lift a certain amount of weight by myself, but if Bryce is with me, we can lift more. There's things I do with Bryce that I wouldn't do on my own because it would feel too hard on my own. Right. Yeah. And you have more ideas coming in. You have two brains at work mm-hmm. and having the ability to ask for help and depend on someone else is a great skill to have. So yeah. those are some of the benefits. Okay. So I think that's good on independence versus togetherness. Mm-hmm. So let's move to the next polarity and look at how would you find the benefits for each side here. And this one is living for the future first versus living for the moment first. Yeah, and this will probably come up if you're talking about parenting, if you're talking about money, travel plans, and what's the mode of operation here. So future planning, some of the benefits are that you might actually experience more freedom down the road if you have a plan and you have the resources and you have the security going into it to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Also, if you're a future first person or if you are practicing the future first way, it gives you a chance to dream about the future. It gives you a chance to project into the future and just imagine like what would I actually want the future to look like? Yeah. And I imagine you can create more when you have a plan and when you're putting the flag far enough out versus in the moment, it might be harder to create something huge Mm -hmm. or big. That's all I can think of right now in this moment. Actually, well, there's one other one popping up for me. Okay. It gives you a chance in the present to identify what your values are more clearly. So sometimes I think in the moment, if you're going off of just what feels good, it's a little harder to identify more clearly what your long-term values are. Mm-hmm. So value identification, I think, is one of the benefits. Cool. Yeah. Like that, Jen. And then for those that tend to live in the moment first, I can see how this really brings you into the present. Like if you're just sensing in the moment, what do you want? What do you want to do? It could be kind of a spontaneous desire, a choice, a decision. You might be going with your intuition here. 
for me, when I have clients scheduled, which is more of a future first orientation, like someone gets on a link and they schedule a session with me for a week out or two weeks out, and then it's on the books, you know, one of the advantages is that we meet up, we're both available, we're both ready to have a session. And during the moments when I don't have a session scheduled and I don't have a very specific action or activity on my books, Sometimes I'll just kind of move more with, what do I want to do right now? Do I even want to work right now? Or do I want to get out for a walk? Or do I want to spend some time cooking something? Sure, Mm -hmm. yeah. And how it could, for a lot of people, feel more free to be able to make decisions in the moment and not have a, a plan, a structure to what's about to happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can really see right there, I can really see benefits to both of those a lot. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm seeing how there's, like, freedom can be found in either, but they're also polarities. It's like a different way of getting to freedom or getting to connection. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. Now we'll dive into predictability first versus spontaneity first. And this one is more about the degree of structure. So there is a subtle difference in this one versus investing in the future versus living for the moment. And when Bryce and I were going through these two earlier today, we did feel like a lot of the advantages were the same. So one easy way to describe it would be that the future versus for the moment would be what you're focusing on and then the predictability and spontaneity would be how you're going about getting there. Yeah, that's a really good way of saying it. Yeah. So you could be like a future first person, but go about that in a predictable way or a more spontaneous way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I still see a lot of the benefits is the same, but should we go through them? Yeah. So predictability, this can be a way to feel safer and know what you're getting into to set intention for whatever you're about to do. And then you might also have boundaries around values. Yeah, predictability first. I think one of the benefits is it creates more order. Well, just basically it creates more structure. And then within that structure, you can play and move within it. But it gives you, yeah, those boundaries. And spontaneity could be more fun and more exciting, allows more information to come in. You wrote that down. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, so that one I meant that like you might be using whatever information you have right now to create a structure that can support something that you're going to do in the future. But you might find out tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now some new information that if you would have known that you would have created the structure differently. So spontaneity, I think, allows you to take in more in the moment information. I'm thinking about planning a trip where it's like you could have this great weekend planned and it's should be predictable but then all of a sudden a storm comes in versus if you were just going about it we'll decide what we want to do friday afternoon you're being spontaneous you can be like oh well good thing we didn't really plan anything or get a campsite or an airbnb or whatever we can just go in a different direction or we can plan to do it next weekend yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i can see how you and i use both of those sometimes when we're preparing for trips Right. Because that just is just a reality of life. And so I think that is why both of these sides are so helpful. Yeah, integrating both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does it feel good to move on? Yep. Okay, so next we have the readily upset first and the slow to upset first. So this is your initial reaction to, it could be emotions, events. Mm -hmm. Your first reaction to things you don't like. Yeah. So what do you see as the benefits to being readily upset, someone who angers or upsets quickly? I think one of the biggest advantages to that is it's someone who's not going to let things slide Mm -hmm. and they're going to face hard things so it's like they're showing up to face the problem and not ignore it right yeah i'm thinking about someone you can really trust like they're going to speak up about how they're feeling in the moment it's going to be really transparent 
Yeah, and I've seen this happen with couples before where someone's being judged. is like, well, yeah, they just always get upset. And they're like, yeah, but you always know where I stand. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hide anything. Yeah. yeah. And that, I, is, that really is Yeah, it can advantage. be a great quality to have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about slowed upset? What are the advantages of slowed upset? Yeah, I mean, I lean more here a lot of times. And I think it's, you know, some of the conditioning and the benefits to being more slowed upset or showing it at least is you can sometimes make rational decisions in the moment before really bringing in the emotion. And it creates space for things to maybe simmer down so you can have a more logical, rational conversation. Yeah, I like that. I'm picturing space as well as being a big advantage of slowed upset. Yeah, maybe less likely to be reactive or just impulsive. Right. More space to think logically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're nodding your head too, you can see how there's benefits to both, even though these are different things. Mm Yeah. Okay. Final one. Problem solving first versus understanding first. Right. Big one. I think this is one of the bigger ones, really. You know, independence versus togetherness. And then this one, problem solving versus understanding first. Yeah. They're really two big ones. So what are the benefits to someone who's problem solving first? Yeah, I'd say the problem solving first, one of the benefits, I would say more of a logical approach here. So one of the benefits is to tap into logic and how to adjust the external circumstances. Right. What are we going to do here? How do we do this without getting looped into unproductive conversations? Mm -hmm. Yep. How do we focus on, okay, something's not feeling good. How do we focus on making it different? Mm Mm-hmm. So a lot about how to change the external circumstances in order to help us feel better inside. Yeah. And what about understanding first? What's the benefit to these people? So I think with understanding first, one of the benefits is attending to emotions, which are also really important. So instead of changing the external world, it's attending to emotions and being able to change the internal experience of what's happening in hopes that that will help things feel better. Right. I'm imagining to not letting emotions build up. Like if you can get to the understanding first and both people are feeling relaxed, the benefit if it is, then you might make a much different decision at that point. Definitely. And I think understanding first is like a little bit more of a long game. Like it's a little bit slower. And I think if I can understand something about Bryce today, instead of us just problem solve it, then when something happens again next week or in a month, I might be able to already have some understanding there in place from the work we did today, for example. So it might be like down the road in the long run, understanding first might really help with the long game of a monogamous relationship. Yeah. So do you think that understanding first is more important? No. So I think it's just different. So I would say problem solving first will help with actually creating change faster, which I think is really important too, because if it's like always about understanding and it's only about the long game and you're not getting enough wins in the moment, you're not getting enough changes and feeling like there's hope in that change, then I think people can get burned out. Right. I'm thinking about us and, and one thing that I think we sometimes do pretty well with is if we're in struggle and we're unable to get to understanding, we can switch modes and really still collaborate as a team to solve problems and get things done, whether it's cleaning the house or driving or going on a trip, doing something business related. We can do that even when the understanding piece isn't quite there. Exactly. Yeah. And I think as we've grown, we've grown our capacity to do both more. So I think that is a really big benefit. Yeah. So hopefully this covers a lot of different angles 
with different traits that you might experience in yourself or someone else. And hopefully you're agreeing here that there are benefits to all these different qualities, even if you sometimes judge that quality in your partner as bad or holding you back. Yeah. And if you feel like you're in a partnership where you feel like, wow, I'm really ready to see the benefits of both of these, but my partner's not, invite them to listen to this episode with you. You know, let them know I really want both of us to have space in this relationship. And it matters to me that we both have a place here and invite them in to listen to the podcast. And I'm also thinking about if you're in a place where this has been polarizing more and more and more over time, it's going to look more and more dysregulated. So it's going to be harder to see the benefits in either the farther you are away from each other. So be patient with yourself, invite your partner to learn more. And then if you want more coaching on this, Brent Atkinson has a process that he uses. You can look up the couples clinic and see what kind of services you can get from them. You're also welcome to come in and talk to Bryce and I. We have ways we work with stuff like this. We're here. We're here to help you create the relationship life you want. Okay, so I wanted to go ahead and finish up the last five minutes with a mindfulness practice. So I'm gonna lead this. Bryce will get to just sit back and enjoy it with all of you. And this comes from my own experience at a certain point in my life, realizing that I had a polarity I was struggling to integrate. It was years ago before I met Bryce when I was dating and I was learning how to integrate more polarities inside of myself. So this isn't just about how to do this with partner. Part of the reason you have these struggles with partners is because you also tend to have splits inside yourself. What I want all of you to do is to just take a moment to sit back, close your eyes, begin to just take a few breaths here. And the intention and the goal here is integration. So your goal is to integrate more parts of yourself. And if you have a partner, it's to integrate how a difference might show up in your partnership. So you can choose one of these differences that we've talked about or if there's another difference in your life that's showing up in your partnership, then feel free to use that. Let's go ahead and close your eyes. And what I want you to start is I want you to start by imagining an infinity sign. And an infinity sign is a little bit like a figure eight, but it's laid down horizontally. And an infinity sign has two sides. And in the middle of those two sides is a point where they connect. And I want you to imagine, as you see this infinity sign, I want you to imagine using your attention, or you can even use your finger actually in real life to trace this infinity sign. And as you begin tracing this infinity sign, I want you to imagine on one side of this infinity sign is one polarity and on the other side is the other. And it might be on one side is how your partner is and on one side is how you are. And as you're breathing, you might even see that each side has a different color. You can just notice that. You might notice that one side has a different emotion or a different feeling tone, a different flavor. Without needing to judge or make either side wrong, just continuing to use your attention or use your finger to imagine tracing both sides of this infinity sign. So looping one side, then connecting to the other, and you just notice how it can go on forever and ever. And then here you can start to use language. So you may say something like, I give myself permission to both have independence and togetherness in my life. I'm willing, I'm willing to integrate. I'm willing to integrate predictability and spontaneity. I'm willing to integrate logic and emotion. 
I'm willing to integrate investing in the future and living in the present, living for the moment. And just seeing if you can start to settle into this experience of both sides being present without needing to make one bigger than the other, without needing to discount one side, without needing to make one side smaller or less important. Just notice how your body feels as you're settling into seeing this infinity sign and making space for both sides, making space for both sides of this very specific difference you're working on or the specific polarity, and ultimately making space for all polarities, making space for both sides of every polarity that shows up in your life. And taking a couple more deep breaths, not having to know how it's all going to work out or how the differences are going to balance. Just knowing that you can and you can continue coming back to this practice of presence. And whenever you feel ready, you can start to open your eyes. And thank you so much, everyone who is here today. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. You're welcome. All right, we'll see you again next week. 